positive reinforcement with a musical endorsement. It's Rhyme and Reason 384. There's a Hey there, Tony here. How you doing today? Doing well? Hope so. It's going great over here in the shadow of Pikes Peak. We cannot complain because we're still in February and it is luscious out there. It's wonderful. And I aim to get out in it and get some fresh air here pretty soon. Got to get these recordings done, get these things that I'm doing, you know, in front of the old computer screen. You know how it goes. Got to get that all done. Got to get the work done before you can go have fun. And speaking of fun and getting the work done, do you need positive reinforcement to get all that done? Well, that's kind of what I'm talking about today, positive reinforcement. But I always, well, I don't always, but oftentimes have a question, right? Is positive reinforcement always positive? And I'll share a little story that um, happened to us. El Jillian and I were out running errands earlier today, and at a traffic light, we saw a lady and her dog stop to wait for the green light. They had the, you know, they didn't have the hand out there, or they had the hand up. Which one is it? Yeah, they had the hand up. I don't know. You know how it goes. Anyway, they were waiting for the green light for them. And she looked down at the cute little dude, and he did a perfect dog sit. You know, you've seen those where they, you can tell they're trained. They're not just still pulling at the at the leash and everything when you're, when the person's standing at the corner and that, this guy was just, he was on target. So then he looked up at her expectantly and Elgely and I both said, oh, he's about to get some positive reinforcement. Well, actually we said, hey, he's going to get a treat. And sure enough, the lady reached into her pocket, popped out a little morsel and the dog gulped it right on down. You know, he's like, yeah, success. I did it. I got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, positive reinforcement works great with dogs. When our two labs, Zazo and Nestle, were puppies, they're now deceased. They've gone on to puppy heaven, doggy heaven, whatever you want to call it. But when they were puppies, we saw that they, they could really learn fast and do what we wanted them to when a treat was available. And it was great to see that. I mean, it was so cute to, when they were real little and they barked, you know, they're they barely have any legs and you tell them to sit and there's just, you know, they don't have to go very far and they're sitting. And if you don't train your dog to do the right thing, believe me, you're going to regret it. I've seen too many people, you know, they come home and everything's torn up and, and the little doggy messes are everywhere and they got to clean it up. But, uh, if you train them, actually, if you spend a little time and train them, that tends to be more the exception than the rule, and that was the case with our dogs. Even from the time they were juveniles on, after we trained them, they wouldn't chew. They never chewed anything in our house up. They didn't do it. They did once chew up their own bed out on the deck and went everywhere. Came home, and we we're like, "Did it snow?" <laughs> anyway, so that works with dogs. But what about people? Should you give treats to little kids? You know, like the puppies. Should you give them the treats as a way of training them up? Well, yeah, and no. And I know most people are going to disagree with me when I when I say that human kids are not the same as puppies. <gasps> not the same as puppies. Wait a minute. Yeah, they're actually not the same. Anyway, but I'm going to risk the ridicule, and I'm going to stick with that assertion. Yep. 
Kids are not the same as puppies. No, I'm not backing down from it. Even as I'm thinking about it, no, they're not. Kids have a distinct advantage over puppies. Now, they're both designed by God, but only kids are designed like God. No, I don't mean God was designed. Come on, what planet were you born on anyway? I mean, the, you know, he wouldn't be God if he was designed. But, I mean, only human kids are designed in the image and likeness of God. So they're designed, we're designed, humans are designed to be like God in his image. And most people on the planet, they don't believe that. So that's why I say most people are going to disagree with me, probably. Probably, I like that, probably. Not probably, probably. Anyway, back to the kids and the positive reinforcement. So before I go any further... Keep in mind that this is just a rule of thumb. Okay, as a side note, that expression rule of thumb supposedly came from an English law that allowed a man to beat his wife with a stick as long as it wasn't thicker than his thumb. Oh, brother, those English. Well, that should have been that the stick was no longer than his thumb. He could beat her with that. Get a, get a mental image of that for a second. Okay, a stick, your thumb, it's not any longer than your thumb. You can beat your wife. Okay, anyway. Well, anyway, when you make human laws, what do you expect, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've just lost track. Where was I? Oh, yeah, most of the time, kids are going to become better adults when the proper amounts of positive and negative reinforcement are applied. <gasps> Oh my goodness, did he just say negative reinforcement too? Oh, what's he talking about? The world's going to come to an end. Well, you've seen them. You know, you know those uh, those bratty little kids in stores with their moms. You've seen them. Come on, you know, and they're bratty, right? Admit it. It's okay. They're bratty. They scream. They cry over every little thing not going their way. And those poor, parentheses, ignorant Moms keep trying to win the kids over with treats or promises of treats anyway. You know, we get home. I promise you're going to get to, you know, and do it. none of that works. It doesn't, I've never seen it work. Well, I can't say I've never seen it work, but I've seen it work so rarely that it's almost never. And um, a little negative reinforcement instead of the old, uh, you know, pleading and begging with the children and, promising them treats and things like that, a little negative reinforcement goes a long way. Like people used to say, the Board of Education applied to the seat of knowledge. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That can put a stop to a lot of foolish behavior. And yes, kids tend to be foolish until they learn how not to be. But here's the catch. They don't tend to learn without being taught. I know, I know, that's radical outside-the-box thinking, but it's true. So, here's a little positive talk for those of you doing the most important job in the world, which is raising kids. Before all else fails, not when it does, see what God says about raising kids. Do more of what He says, and don't be surprised when things go exponentially better. You know, like I said, it's a rule of thumb. There will be knucklehead exceptions. Now, speaking of kids, I'm going to share this song with you called The Child of the Living God, and you'll notice a huge change in my voice in this song. And I'll be right back.
See, I told you my voice changed a lot in that one. It was a lot tired to practice, a lot of hard work, but I got it in there. No. That was a little friend of mine from church back when I used to do the praise and worship music at a church in Denver. And she'd probably hear that now and go, that's not me, because that was like 10 years ago. So she'd be well into her teens now, and I haven't seen her in a long time. Not going to say who it is because of, eh, I just want to protect her anonymity. But uh, you notice that part in there, take a closer look and see. Information runs through me from the one who sets me free. That's great, great things to keep in mind. And, and that makes you a child of the living God when you are tuned in to your creator, the one who made you, that, the one you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for him. Now, that's my public service announcement for the day, how to give a little positive and negative reinforcement to those little ones when they need it. And not all of them need it, and not certainly not all the time. So thank you so much for tuning in to this little public service announcement version of the Rhyme and Reason podcast, brought to you by Tony Funderburg, maker of fine words and music, merchant books, and rhymes and reasons. As always, remember, life has rhyme and reason because... God made you. There's a rhyme and-